watch at night. A spooky scary skeleton. Really? Really? I needed to adjust. You couldn't have adjusted before he started talking? No. I didn't think it was going to squeal like that. Welcome to They Watch at Night, a spooky scary skeleton podcast where the only thing we have in our cabinets is the strongest of poisons. Or no, I meant potions. Damn it. Fucked it up. That's eh, okay. Nobody really cares. I mean, you know, it's a it's a nice little intro. I guess. All right, so rat poison. <laughs> the strongest of rat poisons, mm. and we keep it right next to the drink mixes. I like that. It's really dangerous. Mm, that's <laughs> nice. Um. Okay, so we're back over. Can you be prepared? No, no, no. This is uh first episode back. We took a week off. Uh, because we had a lot of stuff going on, and we had uh, we did our first farmers market for Whisker Wizards, which was very fun. It was mm-hmm. so much fun. It was fun. Um, it was actually like super invigorating. Like it, re- like I know Tyler was talking about it, but it's like I want to do it again. I got a, yeah. I got a wizard's hat now. I'm gonna get a, a staff. I'm gonna climb to the mountain, grab a crystal, attach it to the top, and be able to strike lightning at my foes. Like it's gonna be pretty insane. Yeah. <laughs> I was very very pleased with. Um, we got glowing reviews on the sense. A uh, couple of people who have we kind of kept in touch with that bought have already reached out wanting more. Really? Um, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. The the one guy from the lemonade stand he. His wife is like begging me to like give him a bottle or sell him a bottle, but I'm working on a deal for something for Edda's birthday. So yeah, no, Tyler told me about that. It's gonna it's the classic barter. Yeah, we're going we're going from monetary value to just straight up old school barter system. Because right. because I forgot, I thought he had bought like an an oil or something, but he bought the sample pack. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, we've got sample packs. Uh, everything is on Etsy. Just go look up Whisker Wizards. Yeah. No, so we've we've been making moves, and eventually we'll have like a pre-recorded ad, and maybe we can do the podcorn because um, there's a there's a feature on RSS uh, which I've been trying to use, but like also it's very difficult to be like, hey. We're a small podcast that has like maybe five to seven viewers ish. Um, why don't you pay us and we'll do an ad? <laughs> like it's really hard to pitch that. Yeah, I was um, gonna say when you were like, we took a week off. I wanted to be like, yeah, sorry, Jeremy. I, I know you are really looking forward to that next episode over there. And um, where, where's where's our viewer at? Oh, uh, uh, where where we keep saying Bulgaria? Yeah, Bulgaria. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's over in like. Far I thought Europe. it was Lithuania. Yeah, Lithuania. These guys are really good. <laughs> These guys are so cool, man. <laughs> I tell you what. But um, so we're coming back strong. It's the spookiest season of all. October. Yes, I love it. I've just been going outside and seeing, <clears throat> like in the fall air. That's yeah. so like, nice. It is so so nice. Especially because it was just like in the nineties, not too long. Ago. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like the the weather is slowly starting to get a little chillier. Which I'm not super looking forward to, but like, you got a two week period where the weather is perfect. Mm-hmm. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. The air is crisp. The trees, the leaves are starting to turn. It's getting more beautiful outside. That vibe around your neighborhood is going to get spooky. Hell yeah. Oh, it's going to be so nice. Yeah. Life's just different at this time of the year. It man. is. It feels nice. It you feels you get your heart gets more full of joy. Mm-hmm. 
I, I nothing in my opinion is better and I know a lot of people don't like the rain, but when it's like super cold and it just it's not cold enough to freeze but it rains when it's really cold. Oh yeah. Best fucking day ever. Got that petrichor, baby. Like my God. I'd I'd live in Alaska in a heartbeat. I love the oh, cold. God, yeah. I um, mean, I don't think Ashley would Well Ed wouldn't either. But <laughs> like, it could it could be a sweltering like a hundred degree day and Ashley would just be like it might be a little uh, a little chilly today. Let's 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 keep the air off. And I'm just like over here drenched in sweat, just like, sure, honey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, brother. Tell me about it. It's you know 95 in summer. My wife sleeps with a fucking heating pad. <laughs> and then I've got Indy, our gargantuan cat, between my legs, mm. and I can't move, so I'm just like this. Yeah. Just legs straight out, can't move. Oh yeah, no, same. I have a like, uh, Chuck. She, although I will never, never say no. She loves cuddling, but she's also like a sixty-pound hairy German Shepherd dog. Yeah. So it's just like I have my own living heating pad. <laughs> right. Indy's the same way. God. Which Indy's thankfully now losing weight. We got her on a new diet. I know this is not about the podcast, but yeah. she's lost two pounds so far. So that's nice. Good job, Indy. She's working Fast. on it. She's you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Her, um, goal, her goal is fifteen pounds. She's at eighteen right now. Hey. So making your way. Hey. Yeah. Damn. Yo, there's a score. <laughs> or, or is that is that uh, the That's Herman. Oh my god. Are you serious? I yeah. heard that earlier. I he's thought that get, was a squirrel. No, he's getting in his salt pool. He has a saltwater pool. Oh, that's nice. Uh, ben yeah. has a new yeah. hermit crab and he squeaks. We thought it was a squirrel in the yeah. end. Yeah. So no, thankfully they're loud. gone. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Migrating for the winter. <laughs> We're I coming guess. back for our summer home. <laughs> Do squirrels hibernate? Yeah. I think they can, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, what if they hibernated up there? Like we go up there and they're just all nesting. Hey, that's why they're not. You're not hearing them. Just Ooh. like fat, fat squirrels just laying on the ground. No, you're gonna have like a queen one, like you did in the uh, second episode of the rats. <laughs> that would be horrible. But uh, so we are. Well, first off, we're doing 31 Dread Nights, um, which I was trying to come up with a better name, but like Dread Nights just sounds nice. I don't know. There's so many that are like. Welcome to the 31 spookiest nights of the year. And I'm just like, nah. that sounds too I mean, goofy. I like I like Dread Nights because it's just like horror. Are you playing with a Dreadnoughts? Kind of. Actually, uh, I mean, are you afraid you're going to get sued by Freeform? Just, it's not mm. a big deal. You don't, it's not like you're going to trademark this. Maybe. I don't I know. Doubt it. Mer- <laughs> merch I opportunities. Would... What's his name in Lithuania? Is gonna lith- what the fuck did I just say? Lithuania is going to send us like... Hell yeah. A dono. Fuck yeah. He's going to fund us. Drop them 20 euros, baby. (laughs) 20 Um, euros is like $5. Yeah. Um, Shit, I'd take it. (laughs) Split that up three ways, boys. No, so we're... Buy me a nice burger from McDonald's. Yeah, I was going to say, I can buy me a stick of gum with that, but sure. (laughs) Dude... I'll cut cut this. Holy shit. The price of ground beef... It's fucking $10 for a pound. And I'm just like, what the actual fuck? And it's not like, oh, hey, re- like take a little bit off, reweigh it. It is a set number. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. I wonder I haven't been eating burgers. 
Mm-hmm. This is, see, that's your sign to cut red meat out of your life. I'm, I'm, we're doing a pretty good job of doing that. Like, I would say the only red meat that we're kind of still eating is every now and again, Ashley will make these uh, par- Parmesan infused meatballs that are just. That sound bomb. good. Nice. She also likes the occasional steak. We're doing one for uh, our anniversary coming up. Hmm. But anyway, so we're doing we're doing a thing called Thirty One Dread Nights, which might change in the future, name wise. Um, and it's just <laughs> thirty one recommendations of stuff to check out. Um, so far, we did uh, my personal favorite, Squanch, the little nasty nasty boy. Which is wild because apparently he's been there's been signings from him from like the twenties, and uh, but Squanch we did Mandy, the uh, Nick Cage movie, which if you haven't seen it, highly recommend. We'll have to watch that sometime and actually do a review. It's it's good. It's I heard intense. it was good. It's uh, the way I described it was a high octane, um, heavy metal adventure featuring Nick Cage at his arguably most insane. Yeah, which it, it's so good. You know, on the on this topic, I was listening to a podcast and somebody brought up a really good point. Like, you know, Nick Cage, why isn't he in a Marvel movie? He would be the perfect villain. What, what movie? Ghost Rider. Yeah, he was Ghost Rider. Stop. A new age MCU Marvel. Oh. You knew what I meant. Y'all no. just being assholes. No, Ghost. Oh my God. Ghost yeah. Rider is a Marvel movie. It is, but like it you. I mean, they could have done better. Yeah. I already have a headache. Please. <laughs> like, Nuance. But, like, he would, be, he would be perfect for a Marvel villain, would he not? Yeah, he would. I don't know which one off the top of my head because they've now, they're getting into such obscure ones now. I have they no are. Idea. I... Shit, make him Galactus. I don't know. That, that would, would be actually pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> um, that would be a good goof. Um, I recommended The Pope's Exorcist, um, which that is a ride. Uh, Russell Crowe at his finest. I mean, it it is genuinely James Bond meets The Exorcist. I'll have I'll have you I'll I'll make that the uh, sixth day. I think I have a plan for the next one tomorrow because I did Mothman for today. I think. What did I do today's? No, I think I haven't done today's. I'll do uh, Pope Exorcist today. Um, because I want to recommend at least a couple books. Um, I can't help. Well, there's one I've been seeing, and I really kind of want to check it out. It's a it's a Native American book, and it's 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 either called Why They Don't Whistle at Night or Don't Whistle at Night. Hmm. Um, that sounds terrifying. It does. I love well, I love titles like that. Well, it's actually uh, Whistling at Night is actually a that's a thing. It is a thing from Native American history and lore and mythology um it just attracts evil spirits too they're they're serious about that shit too oh yeah no it's it's so cool like it's obviously it's their thing but it's it's so cool so if you haven't watched it there is a show called reservation dogs super cool very interesting slice of life of uh modern day native american kids yeah and there's a bit they do where they go out and meet this older native american guy and he's living out in the woods and he's got this owl and they had the eyes blurred out and it was really weird and i was just like i wonder why um i looked it up and it's supposed to be like a you know not a look of death shit i don't want to get it wrong i think it's either a look of death or um like bad luck 
I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't don't they fear owls in their culture? Or not fear, but they at least believe them to be an omen of some kind. But okay. I could be wrong on that. I could be thinking of another culture, but there's some culture that does. No, you're right about that. I just can't remember which culture it is. Um, I saw something that said that cats are um, <laughs> owls are just the uh, cats of birds. I saw that it was really like uh, that. it was owls are running owl hardware with cat software. <laughs> oh, <I like> that. <laughs> um. That's kind of why I want a jumping spider, because they're like, they're spiders, but they're literally like the most calm creature that you can get that's a spider. Like, it's so weird. Uh, he's Herman's kind of the introduction for this, because like, I'll either get a snake or a spider after him, mm-hmm. or while he's here, so. What, to eat him? No, God, no. <laughs> you are a sacrifice. Like <laughs> Save, saved him just to just to feed him to a snake. Okay, so it's generally thought of, and it's different for every tribe. But generally, if an owl looks at you and talks, it means death for someone close to you. Oof. But in general, it's just like an omen of death. And that's that's a Native American culture. Yeah, okay. again, different for every tribe. But well, yeah, yeah. I know, but just, um, but yeah, uh, g- generally speaking, which I thought it was, it was such a neat little like flavor piece for that show because they could have just fucked around and not done that, but they did it, which is good for them. Um, but no, so we're doing thirty-one dread nights, and on our Twitter, I haven't done one for Instagram just because I'm kind of lazy about it um twitter threads and tumblr i think um i've been posting that regularly and then we'll eventually i finally got a blue sky account which i'm very excited about um but uh oh shoot what's it we'll eventually get a one on there as well um apparently you have to wait like two weeks till you get invite codes and then i can start sending those out so um yeah so we're just making recommendations and whatnot but for today's podcast we are reviewing the first three episodes of guillermo del toro's cabinet of curiosities which so such a good series that was supposed to be a screeching cabinet i'm not gonna Uh, yeah i know i know it was bad (laughs) (laughs) i was trying to add something so for your um, yeah no problem yes yeah. it's, it's the effort that always counts thank yeah. you 100 percent. um you hear him right over there scratching in his pool what <laughs> oh yeah. he's over there scratching <laughs> in the pool <laughs> so cute little fucker lives better than i do <laughs> two types of water two types of food yeah. and it's all free and it's all free damn it <laughs> um Sorry. okay so first three episodes uh, mainly because all these episodes are very, very good, and there's a decent amount of them, so talking about all of them in one episode would be kind of lengthy. Um, so the first three are Lot 36, Graveyard Rats, and The Autopsy. Um, so we'll go ahead and start with Lot 36, which, for me, arguably, is the most Guillermo del Toro feeling of them. 
because mm-hmm. arguably all of his movies have a certain texture, uh, the way they do the lighting and how the monster feels. And this definitely stands out to me as the most. And it's mainly because it's based on a short story by Guillermo del Toro. Mm. And uh, it's directed by Guillermo Navarro, um, who has worked heavily with uh, del Toro over the years. But um, this one is essentially a... uh, I mean... What are those people called again that just buy... um, They just buy rental... yeah. storage uh, units i don't know if they have a name do they yeah well pickers pickers no, yeah I guess. but like, what's the, no, what's the, the reality show called yeah no that's God, there's a show <laughs> storage kings or something storage wars yeah storage wars but i feel like there's a name for somebody that actually does it like pickers is like they, like if me and etta were reselling all the antique yeah. stuff that we get that'd be picking i don't yeah i don't really think they're called pickers that's but, a di- yeah that's different but um, it, it is. I mean, there are people that like make a legit like, like that's that's their livelihood is yeah. just going and buying those storage units. I know a guy that reselling. Does it. I mean, you can get really lucky, and because there's there is a lot of there are there are a lot of people out there that just put shit in storage this, and then forget about it. This guy almost got really lucky. Nick here, you know, got maybe need a little bit of luck. Old Tim Blake and, Nelson, man, I love him. What's his name? Tim Blake Nelson. That's the actor's name. Yeah, I love him. You know, sometimes you don't need a middle name. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Tim Nelson would do. I don't. But... He just—he's the type of. He already kind of looks like a serial killer, and I don't think he needed to get a name that sounded like a serial killer. Well, <laughs> true. I'm like he, and this this was like the perfect role for him. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way towards the actor. I'm sure he's a lovely man, but he plays a racist very well. <laughs> He does. <laughs> I'm like, you know, and I, I'm course, just like I, Adam Driver in uh, Black Klansman. <laughs> sometimes we can just play racists really well. It's weird, ain't it? It's I think, strange. I think it's a it's it's a testament to his acting skill. Yes, Cause, it is. Because like definitely Tim, getting typecast from here on out, though, <laughs> if he wasn't already. Well, now t- uh, Tim Blake Nelson is a very versatile actor. Beyond the fact of this role and um, the Ballad of uh, Buster Scruggs, <laughs> which fantastic. I love it. Fantastic. I never watched it, but I've seen oh, snippets. Oh. Between like Ballad of Buster Scruggs and I personally, I love Oh Brother, oh Brother Where Art Thou. I've seen it probably a hundred times. That's like the he, other one. Him, oh. him as Delmore in that movie, he is fantastic. Like, I loved him, Blake Nelson. And another one, which I, it's not horror, but I really highly recommend it. Have you ever watched the Watchmen series on HBO? Tried. Um, he, I know who you knew who he played though. Yeah, he plays like a mirror mask guy. Yeah. He's really good. And while I do think that this particular character is very one dimensional, he does a very good job of making him very. Like, I didn't think he was one dimensional. Eh, I think I thought, he just came off as a dick. I mean, he did. Time. And I think, I think that's what I liked about it is that it, it, it gave us an interesting perspective where our quote unquote protagonist was one that we weren't really actively rooting for. If anything, we were rooting against him through the whole uh, episode. Hmm. And, but at the same time, like he had his backstory of being in the war. Uh, and I think that there was a lot of symbolism and you're supposed to take away from it that that's kind of what has made him so bitter. Right. towards life and i mean at the end of the day there's no excuse for his uh mindset obviously no but, but... I, I did think that they made him as layered as they could with a character like that that they were dealing with yeah because it is hard to 
to make a character that's racist and you don't want people to sympathize with him, but you also want him to be a character. Right. And I felt like they did as good of a job with that as they could. So I really did like this and I do, I do think all the actors did a really great job. It was also fun seeing uh, what's his face after uh, supernatural, the, the priest guy that shows up. Um, cause I think he played, he played a angel on supernatural or something. I, I'm not sure. I know, I know the character you're talking about, but, but, um, yeah. Oh, well, Nick almost found him a bag, man. <laughs> he really did. Dang. Um, I, I also really like the, I don't know. I'm on my way over here and I've, I've watched these multiple times and like, the. Uh, the graveyard rats one i definitely have some thoughts on but uh lot 36 i think it's honestly one of the weaker ones in this series i i like it but it just does very little and i it's more of like a short concept done very well visually yeah um i i, I, could, I, I mean i will say that i think that the actual horror elements were lacking until the very end obviously and i don't yeah. i don't know if they did enough to where I was satisfied, like, going into this, like, first episode, okay, it's spooky season, I want to watch something scary, and it maybe under-delivered on that a little bit, but I also did still like the story overall. Yeah. Um, uh, gosh, what is the, uh, what is the woman's name that he screwed over? Uh, I don't remember, but there's a, there's a um, Hispanic... Amelia. Amelia. I'm pretty there's sure. There's a Hispanic woman who, obviously, English was not her first language, that uh, Nick bought the storage unit that she had rented, I believe. And uh, now, was it a different storage unit than the one that we are after, than Lot 36? I believe so. Okay. I think he buys Lot 36 separately. Okay. And, and he uh, just would, he refused to let her go and get, like, just some of her, like, yeah, more personal her, stuff. Like her family pictures and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, stuff he, that's he, useless to him. Pretty sure he tossed that stuff in the trash can. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that, and that's where it's like, what a what an asshole. <laughs> like, just purely from the bottom of his heart, what a scumbag. But I, it, it kind of does give you a little uh, gratification at the end. <laughs> but True. overall, one of the storage units that he bought, um, and it was really cool how they alluded, all of these, these episodes I'm noticing, they allude to the end, or they allude to the main twist. Mm. in the beginning of the episode and he talks about he walks into that storage unit that he just acquired and it's it's smaller than the other storage unit he's bought from this facility and so right away you're just like well that's weird and sure enough there's an entirely uh second half of that storage unit complete with the tunnel system (laughs) yeah i did think that was that that bit was a little funny because like how are they gonna make a tunnel like that? How's he? How's he over here just like laying brick and like the the one fucking guy that owns the place doesn't even doesn't know or something? Well, I think the, that the the owner, the previous owner of that uh, lot, bought it at the very beginning of that storage facility, and he said that they used to be interconnected and that they um, used to be bigger. Or right, you, right, right. yeah. So I, that's that's kind of how they explain that. It just kind of he bought it at the very beginning, stored his. Um, Spoiler warning, obviously, uh, for all these episodes. Uh, demonic sister, yes, down there, right? Or he, so he used the her, his sister as a demonic vessel, mm-hmm. but 
because he didn't want her to die. Is that correct? I I can't remember the the plot doesn't what the what I'm reading doesn't say. I can't remember what they say specifically. I I could swear it was like uh, the sister goes missing and the town always suspected the brother of doing something. Because mm-hmm. um, I feel I feel like the sister was like beloved or something. Yeah, I do remember the like I think he had like a bunch of newspaper articles on her and yeah, how the town was still looking for her. So yeah, I mean, she's got to be some type of patriarch of the town for the people to be looking for her like that. I mean, they definitely got to like her, I guess. <laughs> but I thought it was, um, uh... I thought the ov- overall mirroring of the main character and his attitude towards the woman and the old man and his um, refusal to relinquish his sister, or rather he like captures his sister and obviously turns her into it, traps a demon in her, mm-hmm. um, is a nice mirror. Because the way, the way I see it is... The main character, who I believe is Nick, mm-hmm. um, he traps this woman's, you know, memories, the part of her, um, and refuses to give them back and eventually throws them away and uh, changes this woman fundamentally. Because, like, Frank, frankly, while he absolutely, for the record, absolutely got for what he deserved, she does not come off as someone that would commit murder and mm-hmm. by not letting him out giving that small act of kindness of you know opening the door she condemned him to death was she aware of what was happening or was she just kind of being a dick like oh you're gonna be locked inside here yeah right? i don't i don't, I don't know for sure she, she I, like was like purposeful but her action caused his death yeah. See, like, now she's got. Now she's gonna feel guilty about that. Yeah. Well, I I just think it's like the it's it's a mirror sort of thing of like the guy's action caused the girl to die and had this festering greed yeah. and whatnot, and now she caused his death and you know yeah has like a festering I don't I don't know, like slight darkness. cause and effect yes yeah general right. uh, thing that they do in stories yeah yeah. yeah well, well. <laughs> fucking come at me with that i love you guys um again we'll give our rate you want to give all ratings for all three at the end after we cover all three of them no i want to go do it as we go all right um personal opinion six out of ten okay i'll give it i'll i'll give it a seven yeah i was gonna give it a seven yeah it's it's just the i feel like if it had 10 more minutes and something else happened maybe it it just needed the the horror aspect of it to kick off a little earlier i think honestly yeah. maybe like uh i don't know make make the cult members hanging around that place and just like they're trying they know something's there or something i don't know which for all we know maybe amelia was hmm. 
And if if we miss that, sorry, I didn't really see anything directly pointing to that, but I guess it's possible. But I'm like, I personally definitely liked that one better than the second episode. Um, Really? I really did not. I mean, it's not that I did not enjoy Graveyard Rats. I just kind of felt like it was very generic. I felt like it was a concept that would be taken out of a Goosebumps book. And honestly, it just, I, don't, I mean, it was there. It was a so thing. I want to I hear you guys' opinion before I dive into mine. I'm like, I, I thought that it's like the, it didn't do anything wrong per se. I thought that the premise was good. I thought that the um, the metaphors throughout, the acting, the dialogue, like everything was good. It was, everything was solid. The monster design of the queen rat was solid. I think it I don't believe there was very many special effects done with that and I thought it looked good that way. Um no, I like that they, they combined the practical and yeah. the special like I I think you have to be a big horror whenever it comes to horror, you have to enjoy a horror aspect of claustrophobia and I think that has to be a horror aspect for you. And don't get me wrong, I definitely don't want to crawl in there. Claustrophobia is real, very scary. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do it, but like whenever I see that on screen, it does not horrify me the way I think that they were trying to capture me with. Um, yeah. No, I, I'm I'm not for claustrophobic stuff. It makes me sick to my stomach. That's like the one horror air quote that like makes me not want to watch it again. Yeah, but. I mean, this one, I thought it was good, but I don't know. Maybe it made me more uncomfortable than scared. Yeah. Like, just the claustrophobia, and obviously the rats. Like, if you, that's another horror aspect of it, is, like, rats crawling all over you. Again, very scary. Would not want that to happen to me in real life. Wow. It's not exactly super scary watching it on screen, though. In case nobody knew, over history, we've done some fucked up shit with torturing people and rats was one of the oh, uh, yeah. uses yeah. like so if you they... put a bucket over it and it tries oh, to escape God, and it yeah. just goes through what your belly button your show did that oh it's very oh, famous fast, uh, fast and furious they did it in did fast they? and furious mm-hmm. yeah maybe that's where i'm thinking of it at. Like, it was they, a i just haven't watched it i want to say it was so one of the it was number two i think it was the second one oh, yeah mm. did they, they the do whole, that like the they they eat through your belly button and in your guts they will man they'll eat straight through you they will eat straight through you. They will. Some rats are cute, but don't get it twisted. They'll eat your ass in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. I love me a rat. God. My, one of my friends had like three rats, and uh, we used to go to uh, conventions together. And um, so we'd stay over at her house because it was closer to where the conventions were at. And so she'd have three rats, and like I'd pick them all up, put them in a pocket. It was so <laughs> fucking cute. Like they're adorable, but yeah, no, rats are. Rats can be terrifying. <laughs> Well, if you ever croak in your house, just know <laughs> your cat's going to eat you first, not the dog. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. I could believe that, honestly. <laughs> so, Ben, uh, any, any other thoughts on Grape No, I mean, I, you know, I th- they made it very realistic because, unfortunately, that's also something that we do as humans. We rob graves for some reason. I don't, I don't know. I've never done it. But. Oh, I, I mean, I haven't done it either. But I know, I know the reason behind it. It's just like people well, get buried with all sorts of nice shit. They do, and they don't I mean, need it anymore because they're dead. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. And just like if 
if I was if I was a poor person, like desperately poor, needed money, and because he, here's the thing, especially back in, assumedly this day, uh, they look very British to me. Yeah, like British 1800s sort of style. Oh yeah. Um, beyond the fact of taking jewelry, taking clothes, etc., um, and this is also true for today, bodies go for a pretty decent amount. You can sell a body to, and back then, sell it to doctors. There's very, there were very few people back in that particular era of time that would be like, "Hey, I want to give my body to science," because the fact is that uh, a lot of people believe and still believe today um, that mutilation after death is sacrilegious. Yeah, and so like, there were people that would pay like money for bodies, and so there would be people that take the bodies, sell them. Get their bread, have a good day, not die. <laughs> You're not wrong. I mean, um, so I actually really like this one um, for two reasons. Number one, uh, I really like uh, David Hewitt, Hel- Hel- um, the main guy. They're, I've seen him in a couple different things, and um, he's always so much fun to watch. And this is no exception. He's just like a really goofy kind of over. Um, uh, characterized is not the right word. He's like a, a, a exaggerated version of a person, sort of <laughs> sort of thing. Um, but I really like it because I think it's a very religious story, and I think that they did a very good job with the kind of direction of, in the story. Uh, in particular, the fact that beyond what he does in life, we all end up in the same place sort of thing. Um, cause I think I, I originally, when I first watched this, I thought the theme or the, 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 uh, the warning is like, you know, uh, treat people better because it just kind of eats away at yourself. But I think it is more religious than that in particular. Cause like, I, th- I, I genuinely think that um, this is a religious story in the terms of God because the warning is the rats in that one one bit where he's sitting in bed and he sees he's asleep and he sees a vision of these rats falling on top of him and consuming him. I think that was genuinely a, a message from God sort of situation. I think there was like... Cause, a lot of people say like, "Oh, hey, God doesn't move in like massive ways. He's not going to move mountains. He gives you small little bits and allows you to change." And I think that was his warning in the story from God, saying, "Yeah, if you tug at this, if you go after this, this is your last chance. You are going to lose yourself. You're going to lose your soul. You're going to lose, you know, position. Because especially because spoilers, in the end, he's consumed by rats and he's." he's insides of rats which i thought was really creepy but really well done and i like the the descent into essentially a, a separate religion and he just continues to take and take and take and then when he's ascending he sees the light but the light still leads to death and i love all that imagery and all that and especially i i want to say they i want i want to say they took it off netflix but i have to check uh, there's one you can watch in black and white and it makes it so much more intense. Like it's, it's crazy. It feels so good. Um, 
points. All I, fair points. Yeah. I I really liked it. I think David Pryor did a really good job and um I um shoot, what did what did David Pryor do? Empty man. Um hmm. He actually hasn't done that much, but he his he's worked a lot with Michael Bay. Um but I think he did a great job. And yeah, no, I'll give it a solid uh Eight and a half out of ten. Okay. Mm. I, I think I, I originally was going five, but I will say you, you kind of reminded me about some things. You you made some good points. I'll, I'll go up to a six. Fair. I think it was, a, I think it was a good, solid episode of television. Just, you know, maybe just, I guess like the story, the story beats themselves were a little generic, but I do think that the, the directing definitely, um, Upped it. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving it an eight. I mean, like you said, the imagery is really great. The especially, I mean, I'm not super religious, but that play was really well worked in. I mean, it's you know that's that's a lesson to anybody watching that. That's money will make people do some evil shit, and unfortunately, people just don't choose to make the better decision sometimes but again i think that was a really good episode for what it was yeah i originally my my whole thing about it was like oh he's a rat and it's like it's supposed to mirror like oh hey he goes down the tunnels and yeah and i was just like that's right but also like could be could be better all right so eight and a half six eight eight um all right, the third and final one uh, done by... Or no, it wasn't done by David Pryor. Fuck. Um, this was done... Uh, Graveyard Rats was done by Vin, Vincenzo Natalia, who who's actually done some of my... And that's, that's why he pulled him in. Fuck. That's so good. So if you guys haven't watched it, have you guys watched Cube? No. Oh, no. 1997. Absolutely wild movie like or it's 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 concepts fun and whatnot uh the the main character is from that um but uh vincenzo natalia uh did cube cypher splice which is a really good one um and in tall grass um which i think came out recently but no david Pryor, the one that did empty man did the autopsy our next one okay um, which I'm just going to flat out say it. Um, this is the best one out of okay. all of them. Yes. No, um, I, I, I agree. I really not, liked this. Not just the first three. I think it's the best one out of all of them. I think they all, I think I th- really truly think that every single one of these is top tier. I think that if we put them against other movies and whatnot, if you, if you extend some of these out and whatnot could absolutely win Oscars and things. Mm-hmm. But the autopsy is just on another level of fucking amazing. Just amazing storytelling, the mystery throughout. And then, like, it, it's uh, sci-fi horror, mm-hmm. but it's done, I don't know, it, it's, it's like a, you know, uh, Attack of the Body Snatchers or whatever it is. It's like, it's, it's a concept we've seen before. But for some reason, this is just stylized so well. And, um, you know, I'm not a big fan of body horror. 
but right. like at the end it like where he's pretty much mutilating himself mm-hmm. um just it it was done tastefully and it was done like i said this just it was stylized very well and it was so gratifying to watch happen yeah. but i'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here <laughs> no i uh i think this this fully could have been a full movie and it it some of the other ones do kind of either drag or feel a little too short um but this the pacing in this was perfect the imagery was perfect i love all the match cuts that they did um the character was fantastic i mean he's and i love the um god it's it's just so good um so let's let's start from the beginning for because we are getting a little ahead, uh-huh. ahead of ourselves. Uh, first and foremost, I love... Although I, I have heard the actual actor has gotten in a little bit of trouble because he got fired from uh, a show that I like watching. But he's he's a really good actor. Like, I, I can't... I, I can't put that against him. But um, the, the lead for this particular one... Um, Murray Abram, um, F. Murray Abram, um, he does such a good job of playing just a, a guy, just knowing that he is going to probably die, because uh, in the beginning, uh, most of the story is told through a a, uh, a retelling from the sheriff in town um, to Murray's character, and he plays just such a a good like, you know what. I lived a good life. I've done good things. I'm going to enjoy fishing and then I'm going to die. Like he just does such a good job of that. I know, but I don't like if you got six months to live, why are you working? I guess just a favor. Well, I mean, I mean pretty much. Yeah. I mean like, it's like, man, isn't the sheriff kind of a dick? Why don't you let your friend retire? I know, but like, (laughs) what are you, what else are you going to do? Like, Uh, you just said he was going to go fishing. Yeah. But like six months. Yeah. I think I'd have went fishing. I would have went fishing. <laughs> I wouldn't be going to work, especially when that's my work. <laughs> like, hey, can you do some more? I like fuck that noise, man. I, don't, I mean, I'm not doing that. I mean, not for nothing. How do you sit there and do that and not re- like think to yourself, man? I'm gonna be here in six months. <laughs> Somebody's gonna be opening me up in six months. You gotta have a stomach for it. Mm-hmm. Like, you just do. But uh, the. Sheriff then like tells him about how this guy has just bombed their their one of their uh, mines yeah, or whatnot. Coal mines. And uh, he asks this doctor to do the autopsy in this absolutely perfect. There's so like I'm never gonna not use perfect for this. Um, perfect setting of just like this old meat factory, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just so perfectly creepy like just the there's a there's an old fan in the background that creaks as it turns the lights flicker on and off which the the guy does warn him about that he's like oh the power comes on and off every now and again um and uh it's just the the pacing the tense situation like the the way he cuts through the guys and makes the connections and we start to see it as well because like in the picture where they have the the two guys laying down and then the one guy face down on top of them 
Like, you don't think too much of it, but then as the story goes, like, it's just... I really like this one. No, no, it was very good. The mystery, the build-up, you know, as he's taking these bodies out to try and figure out what's going on with them. The only thing I was confused about is what... I guess the, the sheriff, the only thing that he was concerned about why he called this special friend in to do the autopsies was because of the Joe Allen character that blew up the mine. He just felt like this was just weird, or was there some other piece to it that they discovered that I'm... The body. What about the body? Um, they found a body in the tree that was uh, drained of blood. That's right. Okay, that's, what, that, and, that's the part I was missing. Yeah. Uh, the concern was, well, beyond the fact that there was a man drained of blood in a tree, um, that it was surgical in nature how he cut him, and then when they stuck... They staked out the place and left those two, which I feel so bad for those guys because they're they're fucking dead. Um, <laughs> they they he deputized these two guys and they were so excited, like yeah, we'll we'll stick this place out. And the next day they show up and the there's just a radio left there. The body's gone. The two guys are gone. And it's just like they're fucking dead. <laughs> but as 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 the uh, I can't remember the uh, character's name. The autopsy. Um, Carl Winters. Okay. As Carl is taking the bodies out, he's like, you know, doing his little uh, dialogue and everything. And noticing like the holes in the stomach and it's like they're drained of blood. Each one of them. And like we're slowly starting to figure out, oh shit, there's something here. (laughs) Like actively with him. (laughs) Because this just happened. And it is, it is, it is so creepy. It is built up so well. And then, like, just the climax of Joe Allen's body just getting up. And now we're, like, going into this whole interstellar dynamic of this story that you weren't 100% sure we were going to get. But, like, right before that, when <laughs> they, that zoom in on the back of his neck where the hair stands up. Mm. And it's, like, something whispers it, run. And he's like, from what? Like, what do you, you heard something say run? Yeah, no. Like, bro. No, the way I interpreted that was, that's instinct. That's true. Like a gut feeling, I guess. Yeah, because the creature later down the line, because he does have a conversation with this creature, uh, says like, hey, we've, we've been here before, but we just can't, you know, let you all know. So I think him feeling that is, and it's it's true to say that we as human beings don't understand a lot about the universe and a lot about our own planet but there is a particular feeling of uncanny valley mm-hmm. and that's just something that we can't explain but we know something's wrong and i think that's our gut instinct and a lot of people equate uncanny valley to and especially it's it's always like um like AI stuff where like people don't look quite right mm-hmm. and whatnot. And they're just, and it, they equate it to at one point in time in human history, there was something that looked human, but not quite human. And like, that's, that's what I get from this. I yeah. feel like he felt an instinct that was primal mm-hmm. that this thing was going to get him. And the, when he heard run, that was him hearing the, the, eons of of human evolution just telling him don't fuck with this shit (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's pretty good though i mean that's 
I didn't think about it that way, but that is really well put together how they did that. I thought that shot was fantastic. Well, because they, um, and the reason why I think it's like a predatory thing, especially with the, the goosebumps, is in an earlier scene, they're, they're connecting the dots from the dead body they find in the tree to Joe Allen. And in that scene, the, what's his name? His poor friend just wanted to go fishing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, damn, man. They don't say his name on here. Um, so the we'll just call him bill so bill is the body that was found in the tree and joe allen and bill are in the same building and bill comes up to him drunk and joe allen is just like no you don't know me and he's like no 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 i know you and he calls him a separate name and that's when the interaction turns a little bit uh a problem necessarily and i think it I think the reason why I think it's a predatory thing is because when you look at the eyes of Joe Allen, when he's having this conversation, they are reflective. They are that kind of like hypnotic. And that's why I think it's predatory. That's why I think it's so good. <laughs> so many layers to this. It is. And I, and I think that once we start to get the, in, the gist of the story, we're talking directly to the alien being inside, which my only knock and I, what a useless race of beings and how so they're they're like these i like tentacled little monsters they have no eyes they have no ears they have no noses they only have tentacles so like i understand that's why they need hosts but how did they find the hosts to begin with how did they develop the technology to get here to begin with have they been taking over well, no, um, I mean, they they mentioned, yeah, I think he mentioned it, like, they've been doing this for a long time. Like, and, they've been on Earth. Yeah. But how do they get here? Are uh, they saying they're native to Earth? Well, no, the same way that, jo, like, Joe Allen got his, like, it falls down, someone picks it up, and it's like, oh, this is kind of neat. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's, he said, the aliens said over, over centuries they've evolved mm-hmm. to not need such useless things as, like, sent, like, you know our our five senses i feel like the five senses aren't useless yeah but like well because this is this is the thing and this is where i kind of looked at it like this so the five senses we know as like kind of we need them we need them to exist on there but if you file us down to just a brain and so we can maximize the brain's capacity and take away the five senses and then because like at our core we look like that like this is this is a weird concept i thought about it a a little bit because it's always a fun thing to think about we're meat suits being piloted by a bunch of squids or not a bunch of squids but a (laughs) single squid that has a circulatory system that goes through that relays messages to the body and whatnot we at our core are just a brain with a bunch of wires coming off of it technically yeah we look like that alien So it's it's plausible to think about like maybe the alien was a previous iteration of human being that somewhere down the line they traveled to space and maybe they lost their place. And so they tried to maximize the potential of the brain and lost things along the way. First their senses, then their appendages, and then suddenly they're just a brain. And maybe they looked back at Earth and saw other humans and said... Because like in the in the interaction, the doctor even says like, "Oh, you're 
you're just a little thing. You're just jealous. Mm. Um, I loved that. Oh God, it was. I'm, I loved him tricking. Good. I'm like, awesome. it, it was just the ultimate man. Take like getting one up on this evolved being. Yeah, and like, and especially, and I think it it really showcases the resilience of the human spirit. Joe Allen, who's who has another name, but we're just going to continue calling him Joe Allen. Um, he the only reason that that Winters Carl Winters is able to escape is because Joe Allen gives him the the knife. Joe, like, mm-hmm. and we see like a single tear as yeah. so over the course of this conversation that they're having. Uh, Carl is hypnotized and put on a on a slab and the alien pretty much goes like hey i'm gonna take over your body and you know that cancer inside i'm gonna eat it Mm -hmm. um and while he's cutting the original host body open he's kind of explaining his plot and the whole plan and he's kind of being very uppity he's being very Mm -hmm. like i'm better than you you're just very very cocky yes you're just a cow i'm the the butcher have a good day Mm -hmm. um and so while he's transferring over uh the body twists his arm twists to leave the knife available mm-hmm. and the doctor when they're having the final confrontation um even says joe allen knew you were gonna be weak in this moment and so he leaves the, the last knife just to be like do what you need to do don't yeah. let this happen to me sort of situation because you see that single tear in that same dialogue, they assent- I think he essentially, the the being or whatever it's called, explains that while whenever he takes over, you're essentially in the passenger seat. Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of like a get out situation. Like, you just fall into another region. You're aware of what's going on. You're aware of what's happening, but you can absolutely do nothing about. Right. You yeah. are just along for the ride. That would suck ass. Oh, God. Oh, God yeah. Seriously. Be the worst. How do you think I feel? The main the, the main guy he took over is called Joe. This whole situation was terrible for me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we'll yeah. know if you ever get taken over. No, oh, no God, yeah. being can recreate your just unique personality. Hundred percent. Jeff walks in one day. It's like, hey guys, what's up? That's oh yeah, that's sorry, that's it. Problem. My my name is Joe. We How can I help you? <laughs> Who's over your body? <laughs> get out of his body. I just had a bad day at work. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but <laughs> who the, are you? <laughs> the final interaction is really what clenched it for me. Where obviously this man was dying and he knew he was dying and etc. But the fact that he's willing to sacrifice himself, mm-hmm. sacrifice the six months that he has left yeah. to, because like he tried, he tried to cut the creature off of his stomach while it was kind of entering him. Um, but it had tied his arm so he wasn't able to. But it's the just the resilience of the human spirit. The f- the fact that he is a he's just like, you know what? Fuck you! Oh, and like knifes his eye like, and it was God, it, stuck it, in his ears like yeah like made him made him just a husk. I do love his his little bit at the end though. It's just like you might find there's some faulty plumbing. <laughs> it's like God, that was really funny. You little sassy bitch. <laughs> So he figures he's dying. He might as well have fun with it. Yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, he essentially, since this being itself has no ears, no. It essentially relies on its host to survive. Mm-hmm. So once you make the host 
useless on top of it's actively dying, you've essentially sentenced the being to death as mm-hmm. well. And he even says like, oh, hey, you know, your friend's going to come in. I'll just be able to, you know, kill him. And it's like, nah, I'm blind, deaf and bleeding out. And I've also written a message because you've you that's find out right. oh, yeah, at so the very great. end. Um, he play the tape and burn my body. Yeah. Oh, that was so great. And it's it's uh. so fucking good because he's like, you've forgotten one thing. And the alien's like, what? What have I forgotten? <laughs> it's like the tape's been running the whole time. <laughs> like. It's so, so good. good. It was really good, man. Ugh. Like definitely like just some of the best like just hour of of a uh, film that that you can watch this October, honestly. And uh it, it just really really is there's, there's like, very little I can you, say. It's 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 a 10 out of 10 for me. I haven't I yeah, no. I I agree. I give it a 10. I I this is a 10. I was gonna give it a two. I'm I'm getting a two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, it a two. I'm giving it a ten for sure. That was the greatest one that I've seen so far. Yeah. Like if you don't watch any of the cabinets of curiosities, you're just like Guillermo del Toro. It's not my thing. You need to see. I don't really autopsy. want to sit down and watch ten episodes. Watch just this one episode this Halloween. Just that one episode, the autopsy. Yeah. Because like I do, I do have one that I think I I personally favor a little bit more, just for my personal stylings. But autopsy is by far and large the best out of this series and i really hope i really do because netflix is famous for cutting out things off you know i'm gonna i'm gonna definitely go watch more of this director yeah well i mean you've watched pretty much everything he's done um david Pryor, director uh filmography as far as directing he's done am one two hundred which is 2008 horror movie. Hmm. Yeah, AM, the AM 1200, man. and then The Empty Man. Oh, okay. Um, I, I, I think I got him mixed up with the one in, the pre, in, uh, episode, in episode two. Yeah, he has done a uh, thing called v- Vior, um, which I think is on Netflix. Yeah, released in 2021. Um, which I think is more of a documentary style. So, what are you looking down that hallway for? <laughs> nothing, no, nothing. You keep looking over there. You see something? No, I did think I when at the window behind uh, Joe's head. I thought I saw something uh, pass by it, like a little bit ago. But it was probably just a uh, trick of the eye. You know what I'm saying? You keep telling yourself that. We are, so we are going to be having, are you okay with me saying this, Joe? Yeah, sure. I think, like, so we've kind of been, I like to think as the, like, so we obviously meet every week to talk about, like, a, something on this podcast, a movie, an event, something happening, but we've kind of always had, like, little sprinkles of what's been going on with Ben's house. Uh, we believe, where we record here, is a tad bit haunted. Uh, we've actually heard a story this week that I'll let Ben share if he wants, or you can save it. Um, but we think that for our big Halloween episode, we are going to have a spirit box. Mm-hmm. We're going to investigate this house, and we're going to see what we come up with. And I mean, it might be the most boring episode ever, but I'm like, I, I'm, I'm actually really excited about it. I'm really excited to stir some shit up and leave. <laughs> <laughs> 
great. <laughs> hit, that, like, hit that spooky bees I, nest. I feel, like, I feel like the happenings of Ben's house have kind of been like a, um, a secondary storyline on this podcast. And I, I, you know, I think there are some episodes that you can go back and watch where it's kind of a fe- more of a featured thing. Like some weird stuff happens on a couple episodes, but overall it's, um, it's, it's, there's something off, I would say. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is, but me, Etta, my mom, we've all seen the same dark, like, just, yeah, just a, I saw him when I was a kid, Etta sees him now, my mom saw him when, on one of my birthdays when I was a kid, not saw him, he whispered in her ear, like, this is, you know, he's not done anything aggressive aggressive or harmful, but, I mean, something is here. I've had multiple people that I've not told, like, I've had people stay over here, like, when I was in middle school, and people would tell me the next day, like, man, something's up with this house. <laughs> something's here? And they never stayed with me again, because, you know, the answer was like, yeah, sorry about that. I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want you to go home. Like, Dang. I wanted a friend. <laughs> I wanted a friend to stay with me tonight. They all left me. But no, I'm I'm really excited about it. I think you know we'll we'll have it'll be really just like a nice creepy vibe yeah. for the for the Halloween. Pr- like I know we've we've done the uh, EMF detector, which has gone off without anything being near it. But a lot of people say like, oh hey, this you know. Can't, doesn't really prove too much. Oh well, no, and of course it doesn't. Yeah. But I mean, it's still just—it's yeah. an interesting coincidence considering what we know of the house. Yeah. I mean, especially because no, we're talking about poltergeists yeah, at the time. I mean, at the end of the day, I—I <laughs> I think that like if you go and do like I like watching investigation things just for the just for the fun of it. Like, yeah, yeah you know, they're probably not going to prove shit, but like it's. It's about the journey. It's the about the creepy vibes real. of it, and and that's what I'm hoping to capture. And I think we'll probably do a little more um, recorded, like film recording. Well, we're gonna this maybe for social media. I would say we're gonna do that, and then uh, we're gonna pull out the uh, little mi- micro mics that okay, uh, I've yeah. gotten, so we can walk around. Kind of, yeah, no, that'll be Not, cool. Yeah, maybe we can do like look into the house's history, see if <sighs> there's <laughs> been any uh, misfortune yeah. befallen on this land. I'll see what I can find out. I don't know who to find that out from, but well, I mean, coroner's just, office. Honestly, just take the address and Google <laughs> it, and just see what comes up. True, that bare minimum of amount of research could be done. Yeah. I don't think we need to go to the library and have one of those uh, common, you know, movie <laughs> things where they they're like going through the old newspapers. <laughs> I found something. A shadow man did die here, and it jumps out from the newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's it's going to be very very exciting. Like, I obviously we do movie reviews, but this is well within our wheelhouse of spooky, scary skeletons. Yeah, honestly, I I like just doing anything scary. It doesn't have to be movies. Yeah. No, uh, but yeah. So, um, all together, uh, we all agreed the autopsy is the best. Yeah, one. that's all that matters. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> autopsy is great. Uh, the the rat one is mid, and um, lot sixty three is solid, okay. solid, like okay. good. It's yeah. just good. 
<laughs> okay. Alrighty, let's so go ahead and wrap this one up. Okay. Uh, I'm Joe. I'm Tyler. I'm Ben. And this has been They Watch at Night.